Welcome to Splat Books, the RPG design podcast. If this is your first episode, we choose a tabletop RPG design topic to focus our discussion. This show is brought to you by the generous contributions of the lovely backers of the Map Crow Patreon. If you would like to show your support and receive a monthly asset packs of digital terrain and minis for your virtual tabletop gaming, head over to patreon.com slash mapcrow and pledge today. My name is Kyle, and with me today is my favorite game master, John. Hi, Kyle. Uh, my name is John, and with me today is my favorite spiritual guru, Kyle oh, Latino. No. <laughs> this is this is we're already off to a good start. So yeah, what are, what are we talking about today, John? Well, we're talking about spirituality in um, well, we'll define the term in a moment, but in F twenty or in fantasy role playing games. Yeah, I this is great. I maybe let's start. Let's start with just the term F20s, and then we'll we'll talk about spiritualism, and then we'll circle back to how they kind of collide. Right, right. So F20, like every good thing on this podcast, is a concept stolen from another podcast. Um, <laughs> and it is uh, by Robin D. Laws, who uh, hosts a podcast. He does a million things. He writes games. He, he's, he's, a, he's a dynamo. But his podcast is called Ken and Robin Talk About Stuff, and... In it, as a, as a way to sort of broadly define a set of games, they use the term F20, which stands for Fantasy 20. And so this would be D&D, Pathfinder, 13th Age. It's it's sort of epic style fantasy or high fantasy with a D20 um, resolution system, right? And there's a million of games like this, right? Um, and so broadly, we're just talking about, I don't want to say generic fantasy because I think that's dismissive, but your sort of classic fantasy, elves, dwarves, halflings, where it's more a lighthearted adventure and, and fighting dragons and that kind of thing. And then I'd also think we want to define the term spirituality because I... For sure. Because we took it because I'm... Yeah, not, not to... This is going to be our heavy episode. Uh, no, <laughs> Yeah, like our cults episode was just like... Yeah, our cults episode but was... smooth sailing. We, we are really into this. That one. Yeah. <laughs> so spirituality I'm defining actually different than religion, right? Like mm. spirituality being sort of a more personal connection you may have with, with the spiritual components of your game. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it there. And, and you're looking at me quizzically. So I'll, I'll... no, I, I'm just trying to think about because I know I have had plenty of what I what I consider like spiritual experiences while gaming, especially in fantasy, because it's uh, yes. like when you can talk to a tree that tends to get somewhat spiritual. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I was playing a paladin in a, my fifth edition game and it's sort of like you take a long rest and I get my spells back and then I'm ready to cast Dimension Door again. And and what I thought was, I think there's a big part that's missing here. Mm. I supposedly get these spells from having some sort of personal relationship with them, right? So I think if that's the case, you know, you're sort of glossing over a big part of your character's experience right like what is it like to talk to your god and get your spells right like like fantasy games are the one place where it's kind of okay to talk directly to god you know yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and and have them answer you back so what is that experience like i feel like we we use it as a as a way to just sort of get our spells back or or get our powers back and then we move on and maybe that's that's the way it should be because those games are centered around are not centered around spirituality, but that's what got me thinking about it is, is wouldn't it be interesting to explore that experience? It is. It is interesting. Cause I think like, like so many things, this is something that while it's not actually supported by the rules, 
very well um, in in fifth edition, for example. Critical Role, I think, modeled uh, kind of how it's normally done these days, which uh -huh. is just to just keep it on with with extra role playing. So there have been several characters. Same thing with the Warlock character that was in Campaign Two. Um, where it's like the, the book says, Hey, you get, you get all of your powers from this pact with this, you know, patron deity or whatever. Right. But it doesn't say what that pact is like and, and what your responsibilities to them are and how you should, how should you address them? Right. It's, there's no, there, it, it the game seems, seems deliberately uninterested in, in kind of going in those directions. Yeah. I, I I'm going to bring up this game. I think, uh, I think. Keith Baker should give me a nickel every time I mention it. So in the game Phoenix Dawn Command. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the first time we mention it. So, yeah. Are you sure? On the show? Absolutely. True. Oh, I must. I don't talk. Okay, now I'm going to talk about it every episode. There. there you go. You just sealed the fate of our <laughs> listeners for eternity. Sorry, I listeners. hope you're happy. Um, so I won't get into the mechanics. I, I would say it's not strictly F20 because it's a, it's a deck building card based RPG. Um, it was not super successful. It's not in active development anymore. So uh, I apologize if you can't run out and find a copy. But here's here's there's two things I like about it. There's a million things I like about it. But the two that are relevant to this discussion are, first of all, the level up mechanic is is death. You play these sort of super powered beings, and when you die, um, you go to what's called the crucible, which is sort of your own sort of spiritual home away from the earth, where you meet with your mentor who trains you in new skills. And then you come back as a leveled up being. Hmm. Okay. So, so you level up by dying, going into an afterlife, learning, and then coming back and being hmm. reincarnated essentially. A la Gandalf the White kind of. Exactly. Okay. And what happens in this game though is, and, and I never, when I played it, I did not really push this on my players and, and I wish I had maybe a little more, which was, okay, tell us what your crucible is like. Tell us hmm. who your mentor is and tell us what that relationship is. Role play you know, leveling up, getting more experience, learning more. And I thought that is so interesting. And that's, it was that contrast that made me think that like, there should be something in 5e. Like I think a druid could be fascinating played really spiritually, right? Oh yeah. I, um, one of, one of my more recent, um, uh, 5e experiences, I was, uh, playing in a game, uh, that my uh, brother was running and he uh your brother's brought... a nerd too god Kyle, i'm yes. learning all sorts of things about you today i know yeah uh so i actually so i i as a side note so i have i have two brothers i have an older brother and a twin brother oh wow i did not know that either my twin brother is actually cinematic director uh for larian studios he's doing Baldur's gate 3 wow uh, yeah. So, so yeah, when, 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 when somebody like with those bona fides ask you to play in a game <laughs> <you know? laughs> and it was funny because I always GM'd growing up. Uh, right. so when Jason asked me to be in this, I was just like, oh, this is great. Um, but I played a, a diplomacy barbarian. And, uh, so nice. I, what I is took, a diplomacy barbarian. Like, tell me more. It's, it's a one level of bard to get all the talkie skills. And then there's just the rest of it onto barbarian. So <laughs> when aggressive negotiations are needed, um, but I, I filled up all my spell slots with, with, um, you know, speak with animals and like all this kind of stuff. And I just like, every time we met something, I would, I would just use all of my communication spells that I could. Uh, just just to kind of pick away at the world to like you know talk to and depending on the way you read these rules 
you know, it's it, it, it can actually be pretty disappointing because beasts and monsters are different. So you can't actually use speak with animals to talk with a griffin. Um, but I did. And it was great. That's because you have a good GM. That, exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> and this is, I think, probably one of one of the issues with um, these highly codified game worlds um, that are oftentimes in these um, F20 games is that it, it spirituality kind of requires there to be a sort of a loosey goosey connection between all things. Yeah. Because, because one thing you're doing right mm. is in that context is you are learning about the world. Like, yeah. like at the risk of being too metaphysical, right? Like, like religion and spirituality is supposed to be a way that we, we learn more about truth. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I want to get into the details of that in our own modern world, but in a, but in a world filled with dragons and, and ants and all these other things, being able to communicate with these things would be a fascinating way to understand how they see the world and being able to communicate them. With yeah. Them. And even as a, as a GM, that's one of my favorite things is when, you know, I was, I was running a game of against the cult of the reptile God in 5e and is that did they 5e did you 5e that or did was somebody else 5e it i did oh. so i was running this against the cult of the reptile god so there was this the, the cult had sent this summoned assassin snake to go kill one of the people who were involved in this before he could rat out the cult nice nothing wrong with the summoned assassin snake exactly so and then somebody said i want to cast speak with animal on the summoned assassin snake and i'm like because it's a snake it's it is a snake, but it's also like a summoned creature. It's like it doesn't exist. Uh, like after like a day or something, it disappears. There was also, of course, there was um, a uh, myconoid in the room. Uh, what is a myconoid? Uh, one of the mushroom people from the underground. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so basically, the I Earl Otis I, mushroom people, which is some of my favorite first edition D D art but anyway. yes so so what i did was i just decided to do like this whole dream dream trip to the snake land which is which Whoa. is they, they went to the realm that is entirely made out of snakes the clouds are snakes the hills are snakes the grass are snakes <laughs> and they had this conversation with like the all snake the snake being <laughs> the over snake yeah exactly yeah. and and it was just and i was just i was this is not in my notes right right but i just got to like embody and talk about like you know psychic impressions of you know touching the mind of the all snake you know a, a sliver of which was was summoned into this world to kill this guy and, that sounds amazing and and it's like that's what i mean that's what i think f20 games actually do really really well is they can they can set up these really fantastic situations yeah, uh, but they they don't really necessarily they don't seem interested in in supporting it, which is which is as a GM I don't mind, right? Um, but as as a player, I do feel like my hands are tied behind me. It really is a table by table experience, and maybe that's kind of okay for spirituality. Like you know, it's like I think so. It's otherwise it does become a religion. It does become doctrine, and it, it doesn't become about this like you know connection of luminous beings connected to all yeah, things and, and all that. And I'd like to say, like, like I think part of the reason that these games don't... I mean, I, I will give a shout-out to 13th Age here because you literally connect with, like, higher-level spiritual beings as mm. part of what makes you unique, right? Right. These unique... So I think that's kind of... you have. They're not unlike warlocks, but 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 different. But anyway, um, I, I think it's also an uncomfortable topic for a couple of reasons. Mm. It's sort of like romance 
in mm. uh, role-playing games, which is not our topic today. However, it's a sensitive topic because it feels strange to do something so personal in a gaming space. Or put another way, nerds would rather murder things than love things. So, <laughs> Right, right. Well, well, especially, you know, male nerds. The way that it is modeled kind of an American hegemony is like rage is the only safe emotion. Right. Uh, that, you know, that that so many men uh, are allowed to have and express in public. It's because like that we feel very safe and comfortable because we have been kind of socialized. Yes. To, to have that outlet as opposed to actually, yeah, talk talking about whatever our feelings about, like, you know, talking to trees and snakes that have been around for thousands of years. It's like you really kind of have to get trippy with it, which is it's that is also vulnerable for a GM as well as a player is just to go yeah. to make this up. And it's sort of what the goals of the game are about, right? That's not a goal of Pathfinder, right? Right. And that's okay. I, that's why I, I, you know, there's a, there's a debate, which I don't think, I don't think people debate too strenuously anymore, but there used to be the do mechanics matter debate. Oh, and God. I would say like, like strictly, <laughs> there's no question in my mind they do. Yeah. Right. So go back to my Phoenix Dawn command example. There is a mechanic for engaging in a spiritual experience with an afterlife being. Right. Right. That's an example of where a game is saying there's a spiritual component to this game and we want you to explore it. Right. Whereas in first edition AD&D, you get experience points for gold pieces. And that is the game saying, get as many gold pieces as you can because your character will improve because of it. In both cases, the mechanic is about improving your character. I if we might just briefly talk about what I think the, the, the best game for spirituality is. It's not a, Please. an F20 game. It's, it's not exalted. No, uh, <laughs> it Sorry. is, it is a, it is a one page RPG called moose trips. I do not know of this game. Please tell me link in the show notes folks, but it is by the, <laughs> the game, right? Uh, Kira Magrin. And uh, Kira has made one of my favorite games ever. So in real life, moose are known to eat psychedelic mushrooms for recreational purposes. Oh, my God. This... You, you're setting up this game so well. Please I, go on. So you pretend to be one of these moose in your, in your moose herd, and you're all tripping. Uh, and you're going on. And so you roll it. You roll a D... Uh, a D20. So that's totally an F20 game. Hey, yeah, 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 there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you you roll a D20 on your mushroom feelings table and it oh, gives you like God. a one sentence like trip to go on. And it says in the rules, there are no bad trips. All, the, they might be weird, but they are. You're not like having these horrifying things. Even you're if not, you see, you're not going into the you know dream. You're not doing a dream quest into unknown Kadath. And, yes, and, yes, yeah. you're yes, you're not you're not uh, you're not accidentally tumbling into the poison city of Sarcomand. No, there's, yeah, there's okay. none of that. Um, but uh, so you know, one one might be an example. Here, let me just read an example. You stare up into the sky and you see a beautiful green and pink streaks like the northern lights. What do the colors of the sky remind you of? And you just talk awesome. about that. And and everybody gets to take a turn or you can skip and then somebody else rolls and you just keep doing that until till the fire runs out. Like when I when I played this, we were camping. Uh, oh nice. And it was it was like I still get goosebumps thinking about like some of the stuff that we thought about and saw when we were pretending to think about and see things as moose. You know, it's 
It was, and I felt kind of connected amazing. to nature. And every time I play this game with a new group, I always feel like we get somewhere, we get somewhere else, somewhere like meaningful. And it, it changes the ways that I look at trees. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, you know? But you mentioned actually when you brought up this topic, this idea of meditation. Yes. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I think that there is, um, it's hugely popular in this country. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> it's having a, <laughs> it's having a, a, a sort of sea change. But um, we had talked about elves, right? And elves meditating. Like like in Lord of the Rings, Legolas, I think there's a point where they rest. And I'm probably not remembering this exactly on their journey. And Legolas is just walking back and forth, singing a song. Right. Remember, that's how Legolas rests. Mm. He doesn't sleep. Um, and I thought about this elves meditating to rest or get their spells back. Mm. Um, that is another sort of spiritual experience, right? How does that work? How does how does how does resting and memory? You're not just, you know, like like spell memorization isn't uh, in my mind. Maybe it is supposed to be in the game. You're not just studying them again and, and writing, taking notes. It's not like a bad exam every day. Like yeah, how yeah. stressful would that be, right? <laughs> like you're, you're meditating and remembering the spells and fixing them in your memory. And so what is that process like, right? Like that is also a spiritual process, even though there's no deity involved necessarily, because certainly the spells come from a mystical place. Yeah, that is, that is really interesting. Uh, Cause yeah, I mean, there is, it, you're, you are, it is to remember spells. Like there is, there is already like a memory kind of like, you know, who was I when I cast that spell and how am I different? Can oh, I be it's that like person a spiritual, again? It's like a, it's like a mansion inside your brain. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and you're I, meditating and accessing that mansion. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just need to go get your spells back so you can go kill the wyvern because you only have, you know, 20 minutes and you want to, you want to, yeah. you know, I, I get it. Like, I, I would have, like to say like, Killing the wyvern is probably more fun than talking about your house having many rooms. You know, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on occasion, sure. Uh, but, you know, what, what is it? Now, Robin D's Robin D. Laws also wrote that book, uh, Hamlet's Hit Points, correct? Yes, he did. So there's this whole thing about upbeats and downbeats, right? And he wrote another book uh, called Breaking the Story. No, it's called Beating. It's called, I'm sorry. It's called Beating the Story. I need, I need, I need to do so much reading. Um, but it's the same concept in which stories aren't aren't composed of arcs in this in this way to narrate stories. They're composed of beats, which which are which are comprised of emotional exchanges. This is all the prem, also the premise of his game. It's the dra- hill folk. That's the hill folk. Oh, the the drama system. Yes, the drama system is premised on this idea that interactions are all based on on beats and emotional exchanges. Right. So mm. so there's a token system where you get what you want, but you have to give up a token that somebody can later spend to get what they want from you. Mm. Um, and it's uh, so it's all about these beats. But I don't know that that was the point you were making. I just got really excited for a second and go back. <laughs> no, 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 not not at all. Because I, 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 I could easily see that coming into this as, as like a an organizing method that you could throw into whatever kind of game you want. That would be uh, so great, right? You're you're already you're already like five steps ahead of me, but let, let me say what's <laughs> on my mind. Uh, so you know, Robin D. Laws is talking about these upwards and downwards beats. So like killing the wyvern can be an upward beat, but getting attacked by one is probably a downward beat. 
Right. You know, but, you know, having some kind of like meditative experience could be like a nice upward beat, like something like if you've already been through the ringer with, you know, fighting the warlocks and, 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 and Grimlocks and the other locks, all the locks, the bagels and locks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Uh, you know, so you're in the middle of a dungeon and it's like, yeah. you're having a bad time. And you know, I think, I think uh, these restful moments, like dwell on those for a little bit and add some kind of like bit of, 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 hopefulness and spirituality and connection and recenter kind of what this adventure is all about. And why just... are we on this adventure? So that, so what spirituality can provide is purpose as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what are we actually doing here? It's just like, Oh, that's right. That one guy asked us to do this. Like, you know, his, his, his daughter got, you know, gobbled up and whatever. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> they're all the same. I love your hand, lady, <laughs> you hand wavy 2D plot. Some wizard's daughter got gobbled up by the thing and we got to go deal with it. Now it's our problem, I guess. Um, but that, that those kinds of moments to use that pace out and, and kind of keep it from being too samey. And I think that's one of the things is when your character sheet is a, a essentially just like a, 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 a smorgasbord of ways to atomize or pulverize animals uh, <laughs> or people, it, you know, it's like, then let's use the other mechanics that are there. It says I need a, a short rest or a long rest to recharge my bonus action, whatever. Yeah. Let's let's take that before we go on and and and, and do all this other stuff. So, so so in the example of my paladin who learned to love for from her grandchildren, maybe uh, I look at a drawing I carry with me of my grandchildren during a short rest, and that's how I get. Though paladins don't get anything back during a short rest, which is a bunch of junk. But that's another story. <laughs> but it's yeah. part of how I meditate and relax. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I think I think that's good. And it's like going around the table and, and doing that. And, and, you know, this great, great opportunity to use your trinkets and hobbies and all that kind of stuff to to just like re to recenter that character with a nice upward beat to to keep it from just running into the next monster to kill. Well, I think what we're saying is all the pieces can be there, especially in fifth edition, right? Because you've got your trinket or, you know, what a great time to bring those things that are already in the game into play and give them importance. Something else that I think would be that I've always wanted to do is um, just like print out a copy of, of gods of Pagana. Uh, and that? it's, it's a Lord Dunsany book. That's all about this, like uh, fictitious we're gonna talk about Lord Dunsany. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, so he, he's got this book called gods of Pagana and he basically made up it's, it is, it is the precursor to the Silmarillion. Nice. Uh, it is, it is the precursor to the Einar Lindelay, um, the, the creation of, of Arda and Middle Earth and all that kind of stuff. So he has all these gods and they all have like all of these different stations and, and, and conflicts with each other, but we get stories that are told very much in the voice of some kind of like holy text. Uh, oh, okay. And, and so, like the the chant, the chant of the uh, the chant of the the priests of Mung is a rumination on on death and silence, and it's just like a little half page little psalm. And it's, How have I never read Lord Dunsany? This sounds like the most amazing. Like this yeah. sounds like crack to me. Yeah, no, so. I it's I, this is this is one of the this is one of the things is is the great chain of attribution kind of allows you to fi follow these bunny trails. But when, as soon as you read this book, you will see so much where, like where Tolkien got all of these ideas and where Lovecraft got all these ideas too. And, 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 and Robert E. Howard too, right? Like yeah. his, his dark sorcerers are straight out of 
Ford Dunn's name. He's one of he's one of these he's one of these characters that really um, uh, is more famous for inspiring people and and yes. but nobody actually but thanks to Project Gutenberg you can go just like check out like the whole bibliography. It's it's great. Uh, awesome. But yeah, I think I think when you look at the description of deities in any any of these um, uh, five uh, or any of these what are these I almost call them five E games F twenty games is they're not altogether inspirational. Like it is re- like reading a Wikipedia entry about something right. you don't believe in. Um, right. There's right. there's no mystery. There's no enigma. There's no wonder in how these things are written about because all these gods are essentially just like old people that just forgot how to die or something. And yeah, it reminds me when I was playing 3.5, um, I, had a, I had an elf who uh, was a cleric. And all I cared about was that um, since he was an elf, he could have a short bow as his weapon because his god had a weapon. So it was just the mechanical advantages of <laughs> exactly <laughs> doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there, there is no, there is no kind of like meaning behind that besides how much easier it is to you know uh, shoot a wyvern in the eye. And <laughs> and and I and, think that we don't want to belittle shooting wyverns in the eye. It is an important part of the hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Wyverns are just trash dragons and shooting them in the eye is is lame. But when <laughs> when when that ability to use that short bow is specifically attached to some kind of like spiritual system of belief, like I feel like there needs to be just like a little bit more meat on the bone, like a just a gentle suggestion of how you think about, you know, the exquisite nature of parabolas in our universe and like Whoa. you know, something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> but but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, but I, I think we're I think I think we're we're spinning so far out of control. But I think we came up with some pretty good stuff. I think this is good. This has been the Splatbook Podcast, and remember, F twenty games are great at murdering, killing, and collecting treasure. But also remember, those can be a method for spiritual growth. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> Black Book is a proud part of Roll For It Media. Be sure to check out our sister show, Roll For Topic, wherever fine podcasts are purveyed or on their website, gmdiscussions.com. And please leave us a five-star review on your podcasting app of choice. It really helps us out. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Latino. My YouTube channel is Mapcro, and you can subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Mapcro. And you can follow John in your hearts. Our intro music today was from the Flower Kings, I Am the Sun Part 1 from the 2000 album Space Revolver. And our outro music was the track At the End of the Day on the album V by Spock's Beard from the year 2000. Stay tuned for some cut giblets. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's that's what everybody really listens for. It's just us enumerating all the things that we haven't read or played. Yes, or don't know anything about. That's yeah. the Everybody loves a podcast where people talk about stuff they don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's... now that I say that, it, it kind of would explain the popularity of various internet gurus right now. So maybe oh. that is really true. <laughs>
but yeah, I've been in the art mines this week. We're trying to get this. My my friend Evan and I are trying to get this. Uh, Wait, you have another friend? I, it's weird to believe. I know. Hold on a second. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I I had so one of my other professors um, uh, that was on my thesis committee was uh, he's from Puerto Rico. And he had never heard of tabletop RPGs until he found himself on my committee. And that's what I was doing all my work on. Um, and Evan and him met for the first time. And, and, and so this guy, Edward, he's like, uh, so uh, Kyle keeps telling me about like all these games where you like pretend to be elves and things. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, um, do those games exist anywhere that it's warm? <laughs> <laughs> And actually, yeah, it turns out that like, yeah, they all start like, you know, up, in up Scandinavia the, and England and, and Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Murph, uh, actually has a theory mm. that part of the reason that we were drawn to RPGs is we needed an excuse to hang out in the cool basement in the summer because we hate hot weather so much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 uh, if you have that extra like insulation of uh of Doritos dust kind of caked around your bones. You can't, you can't survive outside like the other kids. No, the other kids, they <laughs> run around, they play, they get joy from physical exertion. I've heard. I don't really. <laughs> it's can't relate. <laughs> That's no why idea. boffing larps don't make any sense to me. I'm like, that looks like a lot of work. You're wearing Just... heavy stuff and, and swinging swords. And... It's the worst of both worlds. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not only are you around lots of other people, but you could also get hit in the face. <laughs> and you, you're, you're sweating. It sounds horrible. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. 